Good morning. It is December 23rd, 2023. Two days to the Nativity of our Blessed Lord. Hope your Advent is going well. It is Ember Saturday. If you are observing the Ember Days, let me know in the comments how that is going for you or in the live chat how that's going for you. I've got a lot of people in the chat. Okay, there we go. YouTube was saying, having a bit of a delay, letting me know that people were watching. <laughs> it was a little disconcerting because there's a lot of people in the in the live chat as we go. So I'm going to, we're going to talk about today some of the, th the dangers that are going for these bishops who want to, who want to stand up because there are essentially three kinds of bishops in this. You've got the bishops who are essentially going, who are embracing the statement, you know, Supich's and the rest, although Cardinal Supich's statement was definitely embracing the statement, but it was almost like a letter of the document kind of embracing, but leaning towards the James Martin interpretation of it. Right. And then you've got the, that's one type of bishop, though. The other types of bishops are the keep your head down and ignore it, or the Cardinal Mueller kind of bishop who calls it blasphemy. <clears throat> and there's a lot of dangers for them, and we're going to go over all that. But um, I want to play something just quick for you. I've got, I'm not getting paid to show you this. This is from a uh, organization who is, uh, if you buy, if you get a calendar from them, they the money goes to help some seminarians. We're just going to play this here quickly for you. Um, information's on the screen. The liturgical calendar, the perfect calendar for those attending the traditional Latin Mass. It arranges the days of the year around the worship of God and is liturgical because it follows the sacred liturgy, which is the official public prayer of Christ through His Church. Each month features a full-color devotional depiction of a beloved liturgical scene. Important details concerning daily Mass are part of each day's entry. Our calendar guide in the back provides information about liturgical days and traditional practices. It contains a mini catechism of the fundamental truths of the Catholic faith and an extensive list of patron saints. Uplifting prayers are provided which include essential ones we all know and love our calendar is both inspiring and a wonderful daily reminder of our catholic faith with lessons for a lifetime not getting any money to show you that the only money i'm making from this video is if, if anybody sends a super chat and whatever ad revenue i might generate i actually have one of these calendars they are very nice this is uh, for 2024 liturgical calendar this is a preconciliar 1962 liturgical calendar uh check their website out if you would like well, we're going to go now and start talking about some of what we're going to start with what I want to call with a kind of it's funny in a sad kind of way. And we're going to talk a little bit about the document itself. And I say funny because as you know, Mr. Casey here said on Twitter, if you want to know something about uh, about um, if you want to know if a document from the Vatican is consistent with the traditional teachings of the faith, check the footnotes to see which previous popes and councils were quoted. <laughs> so here are the footnotes for what we're talking about here. Like citation of Francis. The 2021 doc Congregation for the Doctrine of Faith uh, document that is basically being overturned by this one, Francis, 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 and then you get one to uh, Benedict XVI, or no, that's Vatican II, and then you get a few other kind of things here, but then it's all Francis, 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 all the way down. <laughs> it's Francis all the way down. So, yeah, that's a lot of people are kind of having or look. Find that to be an eye-opening thing. Raven Ray says he just finished uh, dinner for Ember Saturday. Good. Um, is there an SSPX calendar? That that one, I mean, it's a 1962 liturgical calendar. It's not from the SSPX. If you can get an SSPX calendar by going to a parish probably at this time of year, they'll have them for you there. They probably have to pay 15 or 20 bucks for those. Um, but the one I just showed you is not an SSPX calendar explicitly, but it's in the 1962 liturgical calendar, which is what the SSPX the calendar they keep to um but when you see 
when you see any document from Vatican from the from the Vatican these days, all you really have to do is look at the footnotes to see it, it like it, it's eye-opening to me when a lot of the better bishops write their own responses to things and all they cite is Vatican II, except maybe like the declaration on papal infallibility from Vatican One. When you see that, that's a kind of it's it's a problem. It's actually why I like Bishop Schneider more than almost any other bishop in the church, because his methodology is to if he's going to believe in the hermeneutic of continuity, which he does, he at least actually acts like he believes in the hermeneutic of continuity by citing relevant papal documents and uh, previous ecumenical councils before Vatican I and Vatican II, where you don't see a lot of that from other bishops. Um, Dr. Obvious says the calendar I just showed is sold in his uh, chapel bookstore for $10. Okay. The SSPX calendar is beautiful as well. Good. Um, but yes, the, when you see, if, it, if someone is writing something for public consumption and their citations are all to themselves, most of the time, that's not a good sign. I mean, you know, if at the end of someone's career, they're writing a retrospective on their own development of their own thought and they're citing only themselves that would make sense but that's not what we're seeing with francis he's, he's trying to write something magisterial but then he doesn't do the key part of writing a magisterial document which is showing how it connects to everything else instead he just cites himself mostly but let's move on we have something from uh uh good we have something from monsignor charles uh pope and hold on <laughs> oh yeah it's, it's that link all right so monsignor charles pope had this to say now that's actually father Callaway. where did my charles pope link go okay yeah it's that one apologies folks there's a lot of links i want to show you today um but here we have monsignor charles pope he's a uh, you know he, he's one of these priests who's in the public eye fairly orthodox i wouldn't call him a traditionalist but he's you know has the faith he responds to the document saying, as your pastor, I want to say that this declaration requires no changes at our parish and that there will not be the conferring of informal blessings here for relationships of couples in irregular unions. I say this because in the discernment I am required to make as pastor, which he then cites the document, I think the blessings of such unions would in fact lead to confusion and scandal among the faithful regarding the church's teachings on such things. Having thus made this discernment and decision required of me, I ask your understanding and prayers, realizing that I have as my duty the care of all souls here, and the duty to protect the faithful from confusion or error that would likely come from conferring such blessings. I must therefore decline to offer them. Signed, Reverend Monsignor Charles Pope, pastor. Now, some of us have expected that he's going to get in trouble because he's one of, he often will say things publicly that are truthful. And then he clearly gets some pushback behind the scenes. Like that happened. I covered something from him just a couple of weeks ago where the, like the day after it was gone from the internet, what he had said was gone. The, with the only reference to it being probably my video and a couple other articles around it. Um, so Yes, Lepanto says once he came around, once he, I guess, came realized how bad things are, Monsignor Pope has been even better than prior. Yeah, he was already a good voice. He just didn't speak up very often, which sometimes is a very good thing. You know, more often someone speaks, maybe sometimes the less good things they have to say is, but he had good things to say when he does speak. And this is it's sort of like what Cardinal Burke usually uh, chimes in. He rarely does when he's when he does. It's usually really good, unless it's about the SSPX. I'm still a little miffed about that. Um but uh, that, that's Monsignor Charles Pope. And then we had um, this fascinating story. 
So we have reported by Gloria TV. Cardinal Fernandez is um, Gloria's TV is calling this blaming Francis for this mess. I don't think that's what's going on. I actually don't think Francis cares or Fernandez cares how people are receiving this at all. I think they're they're probably at this point more focused on behind the scenes planning for a conclave. Again, there is a zero percent chance that they're not going to at least try to make a make sure that a Francis the second or Paul the seventh or John the twenty fourth steps on that logia versus a their nightmare Pius the thirteenth or more likely Benedict the seventeenth type. You know, they're more likely to get a moderate like another Benedict than they are to get a traditionalist. That's just what's going to happen. But they're probably going to prevent either of those things from happening. They want to cement what they've done. So, but still. There has been people have been saying, well, Fernandez did this without Francis's approval. This the, Francis can't have said this. He has verbally said many times things against the blessings of such of the type that we're talking about here. Well, Fernandez brought a receipt. He says it says here in an unusual move, Tuco Fernandez published on the 22nd of December, that'd be yesterday, the note of admission for the 18th December audience in which Francis approved the document Fiducia Supplicans. It seems that Fernandez released the notice proof that the document, which gave rise to the biggest clerical rebellion since Vatican II, had been approved by Francis. No doubt Tuco didn't publish the note without Francis's orders, etc., etc. Meaning he had a meeting, a face-to-face meeting with Francis the day before they issued the document. That's or actually the day of. They had the meeting the day of. What do you think they talked about? That's exactly what they talked about. He had his permission. Pink Nickel Vids, thank you for the super chat. Bless Christmas to all. Christ is King. Christ is King indeed. And last couple of days of Advent, I'll make sure to mention something at the end about uh, about Advent fasting for tomorrow, by the way, because tomorrow is a Sunday. Um, <laughs> Fleabit says, 219 watching and 49 likes. Really, this gentleman gets up at a terribly early time to share this. Hit the like button if you can. It does help things out. Rx says, some bishops' conferences have said you are not allowed to refuse blessing. That goes against the letter of the document, but I wonder if Francis will punish them or the refusers. Hmm. <laughs> uh, I don't think they'll be punished for that. I think, in general, that we it's pretty obvious what the intent of this document is, except for people who refuse to see what's going on. And So you got to work with those people who are of goodwill in peace peacefully try to bring them over. I've seen a lot of people on social media blocking each other over this document, which is a tr- which is unfortunate. But now we're going to bring another bit of good news, I want to say. And that is from Father Calloway. He's the, so Father Calloway is the vicar provincial for the Marian Fathers of the Immaculate Conception. And he issued this do- statement two days ago. Dear brothers, as Marians of the Immaculate Conception, it is our duty. Let's see if we can bring that up a little bit. There we go. Oh, yeah. It's our duty and moral obligation to uphold the teachings of the Catholic Church as has been handed down to us through divine revelation and the deposit of faith. Thus, we, the major superiors of the Blessed Virgin Mary, Mother of Mercy province, believe it necessary to provide some guidelines in regards to the dicastery for the doctrine of the faith's recent declaration, Fiducia Supplicans, dated December 18, 2023. The manifest purpose of this document of the Holy See is to allow the, quote, possibility of blessing, pairings in irregular situations and James Martin types. The document states that such blessings are performed, quote, without officially validating their status or changing in any way the church's perennial teaching on holy matrimony. 
Therefore, to ensure this latter statement is properly adhered to, marrying clergy, ordained deacons and or priests are prohibited from blessing irregular relationships with unions or James Martin types in the U.S. and Argentina or while traveling abroad. Why only those two countries? Because that's where they operate. This applies to all Marian clergy, regardless of diocesan policies. There's going to be some interesting fallout from that. We see no situation in which such a blessing of a pairing could be properly and adequately distinguished from some level of approval of the irregular status leading to the scandal of the faithful. Such blessings, liturgical or spontaneous, would work against the legitimate care a priest or deacon owes to his flock. 100% true. It needs to be emphasized, however, that blessing individual persons struggling with sin, but striving to do the will of God and conforming their lives to church teaching are not only allowed, but strongly encouraged. 100% true also. Marian clergy will continue to bless the individual sinner, but we cannot in any way bestow blessings that may infer that we are condoning or blessing the sin in question. In Christ, Father Don, for Father Donald Calloway. I like that statement quite a lot. It's probably my favorite I've seen so far. Sel Brown with a super chat, with a generous super chat. Thank you very much. It is greatly appreciated. It says Merry Christmas and thank you for all, for this work. I'm very concerned as the spiritual damage, possible, wow, uh, the possible uh, demonic supernatural things to the people involved, as well as the priest trying to bless sin. Please see what exorcists say about that. I do want to look into what the exorcists have been saying. I'm not aware of anything that has been said by uh, Father Ripperger or some of the others, but feel free to email me. Um, see, my email is at return to tradition. It was not. My email's in the description box of this video. Please check there if you have seen an exorcist speak about this. I would expect that some of the exorcists, especially like Father Ripperger, might have to tread lightly on the subject because Father Ripperger works at the permission and on the good graces of the local ordinary. And I don't know, I, believe his, I think his bishop is Aquila, and I don't know, or Aquila, I don't know how he has responded to this yet. But yes, Father Calloway's per response is, I think, as Timmy says in the chat, the perfect response. It is. Because, again, regardless of what, take the particular sin we're talking about out of the equation here. And if you are uh, someone struggling with a sin that, that dominates your life in some way, and you want out of it, and you're working to do it, please go get a blessing from a priest to help you get the graces needed to overcome. That's what it's for, okay? To overcome the sin that separates you from God. But don't go to a priest to, to have it get a church endorsement and a divine endorsement on whatever sin it is that you are living in. All right. <laughs> we go to the next one. Um, let's take a look here. I my notes. Ah, uh, yeah. So here's the main sort of our, here's our main event. So this is from Padre Peregrino. That's Father Dave Nix. His website, PadrePeregrino.org. And he's got this article called Pharisaical Word Games from the U.S. Bishops. Again, I'm going to have to tread carefully on this subject, as you're well aware of. But this is where, like, a lot of the danger comes from. Because you may have noticed that you've got a lot of bishops. We saw this with the U.S. Conference of Catholic Bishops first, who put out a very wishy-washy, lukewarm statement. It was like they were afraid to take sides. And there's a sort of sort of Damocles hanging over the, the U.S. bishops. You might have remembered this thing about Bishop Joseph Strickland getting taken from his office and forced into retirement. That was a message being sent to the U.S. bishops. It was reiterated a few days ago, which I covered in my video, I think, yesterday, my normal news video. If you haven't watched it, go watch that, where a Catholic writer with deep ties to the Vatican is now the writer for CNN on 
all things in the Catholic Church. And he was talking about how there's, you know, resistance to Francis in the American hierarchy. What do you think that article was? It was them being put on notice. And so here we have this from Father Dave Nix. We're going to go over this carefully. The Catholic Church has always had blessings for people and items. Blessings for people are usually for individuals, but occasionally a priest may bless groups living in a vocation designed by God, like a family. Blessings for items can be anything from a vehicle to a crucifix. You've seen some pictures out there of priests blessing some odd things, we'll say. I bring some up on screen, but YouTube has rules, and I try to follow them. But, uh, some of them are interesting things being blessed, at least interesting to the modern eye. But if you are well-versed in the, in the faith and the, and the understanding of faith on certain things that are at odds with the sort of the zeitgeist of the modern world, then it's not that really surprising to see. But there's a new heretical document from Cardinal Fernandez that reads, blessings of those in irregular situations and those of the James Martin type. Well, the horizon outlined here appears the possibility of blessing for couples in irregular situations and for the James Martin variation, the form of which should not be fixed ritually by ecclesial authorities and to avoid producing confusion with the blessing proper to the sacrament. Emphasis mine, meaning emphasis the, the priest. Catholic News Agency has an article titled U.S. Diocese Respond to Vatican Declaration on the This Kind of Blessing. The article interviews Bishop Andrew Cozens of Diocese of Crookston, Minnesota, and Cardinal Sean O'Malley of the Archdiocese of Boston, and Cardinal Blaise Supich of the Archdiocese of Chicago. In the article, Bishop Cozens thankfully referred to holy matrimony as, ex as existing in the way that the church has always said. He also mentioned repentance and conversion for those who wish to follow, in, or follow Christ in discipleship. This is also good. But then he said, although it is impossible for us to bless the James Martin variation, since since any uh, activities out of the, of the flesh outside of holy matrimony in the traditional sense is contrary to the gospel, we may bless individuals who are not yet living in full accord with the gospel, even those of the James Martin type. To which the priest says, this does not make any sense. If the only thing Bishop Cozens meant to say to CNA was, quote, we priests and bishops can obviously bless anybody, then he should have said, we priests and bishops can obviously bless anybody and left it at that. But he didn't. So we must ask, why would Bishop Cozens write about the blessing of someone who struggles with the sin in question as a blessing for someone, quote, in the, the secular parody of, the, of holy matrimony, if that person were actually struggling to live in accordance to their state? In fact, why would it matter if the recipient of the blessing was not aiming to live in accordance with their state, if we priests can actually bless any person or any object? I assume this is because the bishop wants to defend the heretical paragraph 31 above from the Vatican website calling for the possibility of blessings, etc., etc., while still not going full bore heresy like Cardinal Fernandez. He must have forgotten that the traditional magisterium of the church states that making any, quote, defense of the ill done makes one an accessory to another sin, including heresy. And yes, paragraph 31 is heresy, encouraging, quote, etc., etc. We've gone over this more. Would any U.S. bishop approve of uh, really bad things you can't mention here by a priest as long as there were some amorphous pledge of future repentance and conversion on the part of the bad person? Of course not, especially if, the, if that bad person identified their, their sin as the impetus for the actual request of the priest's blessing, meaning they identify with their sin and that sin is why they're going to a priest's blessing for endorsement of it. No, that person obviously needs to go to confessional, not receive a blessing. I recently heard a woman my age speak on the Focus YouTube channel about how she has struggled her whole life with the sin in question, but she doesn't 
she said she doesn't like to be pigeonholed into that sin when there is so much more to the story of her that falls in redemption than just that one thing. In fact, she said something very beautiful and powerful on that topic. Satan calls you by your sin. Jesus calls you by your name. Pause here. Satan calls you by your sin. Jesus calls you by your name. Sometimes traditional Catholics have a hard time with something from Vatican II that isn't actually that big of a deal. And I make fun of the way it's said in, in Vatican II and in, in the Vatican II documents. There's a document, I think it's in Lumen Gentium, that says that we now have a better understanding of human dignity than prior generations, something to that effect. That, if that statement is nonsense. It's when you understand what happened pretty much immediately after Vatican II closed, it becomes pretty clear we don't have a better understanding of human dignity than prior generations. The fact that we've lost our sense of human dignity. A lot of traditional Catholics have a problem with the concept of human dignity. But if this statement right here, Satan calls you by your sin, Jesus calls you by your name, is a statement on human dignity. Let's continue with the priest. Translated into today's topic, why do we have to talk about blessing Catholics living in accordance with their state who, who deal, unfortunately, with the sin in question? If we really believe they are first sons and daughters of God. Why would so many American priests and bishops play into the Vatican's insistence that we call people in question by their sin as we priests approach to them to bless them. Why approach any Catholic based on their struggles instead of their baptismal identity? I suspect it is because many don't believe in sin or redemption by the blood of Jesus. Father Dave Nix's blog is very good, as is his podcast. He has the Padre Peregrino podcast, and he says these things in a very peaceful way that you would expect a priest to talk about such things. It also offers very good catechesis. I would suggest you check out the Padre Peregrino podcast if you need some good catechesis and things, and he will occasionally talk about these kind of issues as well. Continuing here with him. But a few do, and even they seem woefully ignorant to the fact that a change in the practice of the blessings of the Catholic Church will immediately affect a change in the lifestyle of the baptized. In other words, the secular parody of the of holy matrimony and blessing of it will almost certainly lead to that being in mainstream liberal parishes. This happens practically, whether or not hand, certain hand-wringing bishops want to see this happen doctrinally or not. What that means is what we do in practice is will lead to changes in the theory. It means that you will see when this starts happening, you'll see it happen everywhere because it's happened in everything we've, we've seen in the world. Can't place to me a place it hasn't. All in all, I, th I think we see that the Vatican document linked at the top of this article is barely more honest than the so-called conservative bishops who will play word games in their dioceses simply to avoid falling into the denotation of heresy or fall short of doing damage control for the Vatican. But we will all answer for our denotation and connotation. This is something the first century Pharisees probably didn't realize until their condemnation. Some bishops of the United States would rather defend the blessing of mortal sin than admit the obvious, namely that heresy is currently being produced in such documents. In fact, many U.S. bishops would apparently either remain silent or bless one of the four major sins that cries out to heaven for vengeance, then simply indicate the commandeering that happened in the Vatican in 2013. This evil has led to the destruction of souls, vulnerable souls struggling with certain problems who were redeemed by the blood of Christ, yet may be unable to attain it as they are deceived by impostors who pose as shepherds. Again, Padre Peregrino blog is excellent. Okay, he asked me to he he I, he sent this to me and said you might find this helpful, and it is it is, it is a great article. This is why I'm just going over it line by line. 
but where's he wrong? Something wrong happened in 2013 at that conclave. We know this because Cardinal Daniels, Gottfried Daniels, the late Cardinal Gottfried Daniels, stood up at some conference somewhere and admitted that they broke canon law in how that conclave was handled. Now, whether or not he was just talking in bluster or not, it will have to be decided by future authorities in the church who can investigate such things. But a lot, there, but a lot of bishops, the majority of the better bishops refused to even consider the possibility including most of the ones I read here for you every week. Someone in the hierarchy needs to finally stop with this by beginning an honest appraisal of the canonical errors that happened in Rome during 2012 and 2013. Nothing will get fixed until that happens, and that admission of duress and Pope Benedict XVI's putative resignation will also provide the linchpin to all these heretical documents that no one needs to defend. Read between the lines if you don't know what he's talking about. But there's the danger. There's a danger for a lot of the bishops. A lot of them are treading very, very carefully. They don't want to be seen as, as standing against Francis. Why? Because there's a sort of Damocles hanging over all of them. Or because a lot of them, as the priest there implies, may not believe in the core tenets of the faith. How many times have you heard a bishop speak wax eloquently about something going on. And then he'll talk about how like the myth of Adam and Eve or, you know, how our Lord's resurrection was a symbolic event, how he was resurrected in the hearts of the people of the, of his apostles. That stuff is heresy, but we've all heard even some better bishops say stuff like that. You know, they're, they're not saying, you know, he, and they're not saying he really resurrected, but also resurrected in their hearts or whatever. Cause that just becomes nonsense. No, there's actually, some of them have said things that are condemned heresies. All right, so I will be putting links to all this stuff in my show notes today at returntotradition.org. I have a I have a statement from a good bishop here. It's pretty short. Um, I saved it for the end because his um, it, it, the translation isn't that great, but I saved it for the end where he also rejects these errors that we're seeing coming out of Rome. So this is from Bishop Marian Eleganti. He's a European bishop. And he's um, one of the better ones. He doesn't speak up very often, but here he gave it. He, he spoke about the problems with this document and why we should just basically not follow what it says to do. Orthodoxy and orthopraxy are congruent. Letter by Bishop Eleganti. I've thought about it. Disagreement is already evident in the way the new document Fiducius Supplicans is classified and implemented. The range extends from the benevolent interpretation of the new beginning to Botzing's permissive statement to the complete ban on such blessings in the Archdiocese of Astania. The latter amounts to a withdrawal of the dicastery's new document for the doctrine of the faith, because in Astania, people see fiducia supplicans as a break with the consistent teaching of the church and with its previous 2,000-year-old pastoral practice, or because they do not want to bless objectively sinful conditions. Individuals were always allowed to be blessed if their inner disposition was appropriate, since according to fiducia supplicans, the pairings of the kind we're talking about here cannot be blessed liturgically in order not to confuse them with marriage or to avoid causing confusion with regard to their unchanged evaluation. Such couples should logically not be blessed at all, nor with a kind of downgraded blessing according to expanded understanding. One cannot bless a couple but not their union bless a couple but not convalidate their objectively sinful life, as is attempted, 
These are pull-ups that never work in practice. The opposite will be the case. The press has already pumped out the corresponding bold titles. They show how things are being received at the grassroots level. The so-called Magisterium of Francis, which is presented as something new and unprecedented in contrast to tradition, is a nonsensical conceptual creation by Cardinal Fernandez, because popes, like bishops, are guardians of the Church's teaching and its unbroken tradition. Truths are eternal and do not change with the spirit of the times. The other way around, popes and bishops do not bring anything of their own, but rather interpret the Church's constant faith along the lines of tradition, without breaking with it. The fact that remains that a sinful practice and connection cannot be blessed because it contradicts the order of the creation or the will of God, and in such cases the blessing can neither be given nor received fruitfully. For example, the justification and responsum at dubium of the congregation of the doctrine of the faith on the blessings of unions of these types under from 2021 under Cardinal Ladaria. The Church has always taught that. Blessings without the right inner disposition of the giver and the recipient are ineffective because blessings do not work ex opera operato like the sacraments. They are sacramentals. There is no new expanded understanding on this matter, only false claims. In the current understanding, there is no first-class liturgical or second-class spontaneous blessing by the priests. However, if the right inner disposition is present in our context, these people try to turn around to give up and correct an objectively sinful practice in addition, they can receive the blessing for growth and grace and for the success of their moral efforts and their next steps in good direction, but not as a pairing because of the ambiguity and possibility of such a blessing. May the Lord give you right understanding, strengthen you in good terms, and confirm your decision to keep his commandments. May he accompany you in your conversion with his grace. Anything that goes beyond what has just been said is sophistry and does not adhere to the teaching of the church, but rather undermines it. This is about theology, not psychology. The Church cannot contradict itself throughout the ages, but grows in the understanding of Revelation. The negative assessment of the James Martin sin belongs to the latter. And one more thing. Every action is soaked in theory. Orthodoxy and orthopraxy must therefore not be placed in the position of opposition or contradiction to one another, as has been done continually since the Council and in this pontificate. As if a contradiction to the teaching and pastoral practice, say 2 plus 2 equals 5, was justified, even required, because reality supposedly stands above the idea, meaning life stands above the teaching, a nonsensical principle because ideas change reality, translate into action, have often proven to be revolutionary by overturning the so-called reality of life. Ideas belong to reality and are highly effective in practice. No action without theory. Orthodoxy and orthopraxy are the same, or they do not deserve the name. They don't cancel each other out. Where they do the latter, we have arrived at the heresy and division of the church, and its self-dissolution through practice. This is not a reform or a blessing. All right. I mean, it's a good, solid statement from the bishop. From the from that bishop, <laughs> somebody asked about the pectoral cross he was wearing. I don't know why he he wore a pectoral cross in that style, but it is, you know, it, it was a little odd looking. Um, again, conservative priest, not or bishop you know, not a traditionalist by any stretch. Um, you're going to be hard pressed to find an honest traditionalist bishop in the present hierarchy outside the SSPX and SSPV and a few other groups. I'm curious what you have to say about all this. Um, let's talk about a little bit about Advent now. Advent is almost over. And traditionally, a part of Advent fasting would be on Christmas Eve to fast, basically, um, following the fasting rules of the church until you go to mass that night. Now, 
except there's a, a one rule that hangs over everything here. And that's that the church will never demand of you to fast on a Sunday aside from engaging in the Eucharistic fast, which means not consuming any food for three hours before you go to, uh, before mass or in the, or, or in the ordinary form one hour, which is really hard to break that one hour rule. So meaning today you're not, you're not expected to typically to, to do any kind of, or tomorrow you're not expected to do any kind of fasting, especially since if you're going to midnight mass, you're going to mass Sunday morning, and you're going back to mass that that evening. <laughs> you're having a long day. Um, there might be you may want to consider some other form of just you know taking it a little bit easy on Sunday, which you should be doing on a Sunday anyway. Thank you for the super chat, Terry. It is appreciated, and for the kind words as well. Um, is there a website that lists the bishops that are standing for the faith? Not yet. Not yet. Um, I've been asked by uh, Catholic Family News to write something on this document for their issue that'll be for February. Um, I might try to include some of that, but it's less that you're going to find every bishop because in some cases, like it's like the African bishops as a conference uh, and as conferences of conferences, okay, are united. Now, there are bishops obviously there who are not united with that, but the conferences are. Meaning like, you know, there's uh, probably Turkson, I would guess, is probably on Team Francis on this. But he's being completely outnumbered on this by the you know, the conferences from, you know, Malawi and Nigeria and these other places. Um, but there's not a list of the good bishops on this. If somebody from, I, I, I want to think that a, there are certain websites that are very, who are very good at putting that kind of information together, who should do that. I would, th I was thinking of, um, you know, Mason Latino would probably be a good one that if somebody from there happens to be watching this, I would ask that you put together a list for that. Cause you're the ones who help me out with that, uh, list of bishops who got the Strickland treatment long before Bishop Strickland. They did a magnificent article on that. It was like 25 of them over the decade. That's about two a year. Thank you for the super chat, Eric. It is greatly appreciated. Does LifeSite have an article on that yet? If not, then, then in the English speaking world, LifeSite should be the one. should probably be the one. All right. If there are any final thoughts, I'm going to... Uh, entertain those now and then i'm going to call this a stream so because it is saturday i've got to go run to the bank and pay my mortgage when they open <laughs> that's my fun thing um how many people would go eastern if they could if they were available meaning like join the byzantine right or marriott um most dioceses have something available and it's perfectly licit for you to go to mass with them but there is a process to stop being roman and go eastern but the problem is they still have their own problems with modernism it's just not like in the liturgy usually i advise people staying in their own liturgy their own liturgical tradition and and holding fast but also go occasionally once in a while to uh, you know byzantine rite or whatever you have so you can appreciate the fullness of the patrimony that we have been handed from other rights of the church. But, um, you know, some people make the decision to stay Catholic, but go East and that's fine. That's, that's up to them. Just do so with careful discernment because you are going to find yourself in a very different kind of environment. You check out the saints galore calendars 15 on their website includes Latin and Nova sort of forms of the Roman, right? The Angelus and Seraphim are Latin Tridentine. Thank you for the super chat, Liam. Super cool hearing Tim Gordon give a shout out. Yeah, he, it's happened a couple times lately, and I've been watching some of his things too. Um, again, his analysis of things has been spot on. I mean, he's warning everybody that with uh, 
you know, all the things we were worried about happening with the Synod that didn't happen so far, that it seems to be following the same pattern that a Morse Letizia happened. If you go back to the the history of that debate between about uh, how expanding Holy Communion, it's it does look like it's following that route, and he he seems to be really probably right on that. So he's doing pr pretty solid work himself. So I'm very happy to see that a lot of people are, you know, I used to, you know, Twitter used to not really argue per se, but you know, some of his, you know, political philosophical uh, things that he has said, I've, you know, I used to kind of poke fun at, but that was, you know, <laughs> to do so, like, I'm glad people putting aside differences, any kind of differences now for, you know, standing up for the faith, the truth, because that's what we should be doing now. Lynn says she sent me the link. Um, I don't see a link here, here. Links don't really work in my chat. So um, they just don't because people have tried to use them for really not good things. And so I had to disable link posting on my channel in general, just because people were using it to do things that were really, really not good. Um, anyway, thank you folks for the kind words and for the super chats that in your generosity is greatly appreciated. And I ask you as always to pray for the church. I'm Anthony Stein. Ave Maria.